My name is Thatch Wynn. I live in Seattle, Washington. I've been a uh, real estate uh, broker, real estate investor, real estate uh, developer, and a philanthropist for the last 35 plus years. Welcome to the Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Wynn. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history, and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over. Before we start with the questions, I, I want to commend you on keeping your first name. Um, I, I want to ask you what uh, motivates you to keep your first name and not have an American name. For many years, when I was younger, coming up up in the U.S., you know, of course, everybody want to change their first name, right? But then, um, I don't know, at some point in my life, uh, Tat became um, almost like my own identity, right? And then as I became more and more um, successful and I started to find and understand who I am more, then the Tat is actually unique because then it's almost stand on its own like Oprah. So today, a lot of people know me from Tat. They don't even know me by Tat Wing. You know what I mean? And so it actually did me more of a favor than changing it to an American name. So um, so that's why I kept it. Damn, I, I wish that my parents and so many other parents who were coming from Vietnam at the you know in the early days knew that because, you know, what a beautiful thing to be able to keep your own name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree, you know. It's a beautiful thing. What what does it mean to be Vietnamese to you nowadays? Oh man, there's so much, you know. Um when I went back to Vietnam, first of all, my dad was a translator for the US military back in Vietnam, um, you know, before the evacuation. And so when we got word that um, you know, uh the um, uh, they're taking over to Vietnam, South Vietnam. The U.S. troops flew out, and they asked my dad, "Why don't you come with us, take the family?" And I was about five years old, and we left out of there and landed in the U.S. We basically came with a hundred bucks and a suitcase for eight of us. Um, and for many, many years, my dad really never wanted to go back to Vietnam. He was scared, you know what I mean. But when he got you know over that, he went back. I don't know, maybe 20 years ago. And then my mom and him would go back every year. And I remember the first time I went back, I didn't really understand what it is where I actually grew up. I didn't really understand what my root was. When I went back for the first time and I see my aunt and all my cousin in pictures and I got to see them in real life and how they live, I was like, wow. How, how old were you then? I was probably at that time, maybe, man, probably 25, 26, 27 years old, somewhere in there. And I was already selling real estate, I was making some money. And when you live over here and a 27, 28, 29 year old guy and making, you know, half a million bucks a year, then you go back to Vietnam, it's like night and day. Yeah. Back, especially 20 years ago, right? They didn't have all the high rises in, right. in Saigon. And uh, and then my dad took us back to where we used to live. And it's nothing but alleys and countryside. Man, that's what I really appreciate how far I came. You know, and and, and today, uh, what it means to be Vietnamese is that there's so many people who live there and live here that been where I was at, but then not too many been where I'm at over here. And to me, uh, I represent the Vietnamese people and showing them if I can do it, they can do it. So it's both sides of the coin for me now, inspiring my people and then also showing them anything is possible. That's you know, my this, purpose today. This idea of anything is possible and all this personal development you share a lot of this stuff in conjunction with the real estate stuff. And we'll get to the real estate, you know, um, stuff in your life, which is very exciting and important. But one thing that I've really kind of studied is your path to personal development 
with things like Abraham Hicks and things like Tony Robinson, where did you along the way figure out that that's important in the journey? Yes. When I was 21 years old, I came out of college and my friend influenced me to start being a realtor. And I was young, dumb, hard-headed, you know what I mean? Spending a lot of money, just like anybody else. And when I got into real estate, I was lost. And then I remember in 20, uh, when I was 24 years old, a friend of mine said, you should go check out this guy named Mike Ferry. He's a real estate trainer. He He's really good on um, real estate. If you got to do real estate, you should really understand how to do it right. And this is the guy. And he came to Seattle, did a seminar. I went to see him. And he was talking about, you can't just sit around waiting. You got to go out there and find business. And I was sold. I was like, whoa, this is, that makes sense. And what happened was I got exposed to Mike Ferry. And Mike Ferry was the first person that really exposed me to real estate, but also personal growth. Because he spoke about personal growth, right? Coming up, learning from uh, Earl Nightingale and Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins. And he would blend personal growth and real estate all within the same conversation. And from there, I would just hook into all the personal growth. And then I met a lot of people on the journey, not just personal growth like uh, like Tony Robbins or Brian Tracy, right? But personal growth and spiritual. Yeah. And that's a whole nother level. Yeah, I see that because I'm I'm surprised because a lot of people that you see on Instagram or TikTok, it's really about the money, money, Lamborghini money, but it's not about because once you start talking about Abraham Hicks and it was like two posts that you talked about it. I was like, okay, I got to reach out because this is something this is something different. We don't we don't see this all the time. And the importance of these deep spiritual practices, when you incorporate it into, you know, money mindsets or. Yeah. You know, it just really does take you to, to another level. Yeah, because, you know, let's be honest. There's a lot of people that's out here I know that make good money, but deep under, they still feel, why am I here? What's my purpose? Why is my kid not, you know, aligned with me? Right? Why do they don't they don't want to associate with me? Or why don't they want to listen to me? Or, you know, why am I not? fulfilled and happy because fulfilled personal fulfillment and spiritual fulfillment is different than financial fulfillment so you can have a lot of money but you might not understand spiritual fulfillment what's the difference having a hundred million in the bank and you can't find peace and serenity it don't mean nothing peace of mind to me is underrated for so many entrepreneurs out there yeah that's very true I, so you were like five when you got to the U.S. And where did you, your family resettle? Yep. So when we came here, we landed in San Diego. And that's where a lot of the, you know, the, the visiting people came, San Diego. And we were there. They used Camp Pennington, the barracks for all the shelter. And then Governor Evans uh, from Washington State migrated like 500 families up to Washington in Tacoma. And they used Fort uh, Lewis as the other barracks to house all the family there until they can find family sponsorship. There was a gentleman that worked in the shelter there named Charles Zettler and he and his mom you know, Charles didn't have any kids his mom and Charles at the time was like probably in his uh, 50 and his mom was in the 70 and they decided to sponsor our whole family to live with him wow. and they took care of us for two years and then my dad found a job as uh, a social worker because he spoke some English back then and he became a social worker and he helped a lot of the Vietnamese people come to the U.S. And um, and that's how we end up, um, you know, had a place to stay. And then we moved up to Seattle, which is about 45 minutes south of where we used to live. And we made Seattle. And well, I li- grew up in, which is the zip code 98118 in Seattle. It is the most diverse zip code in the United States today. Oh, wow. Yep. And what was it like growing up for you? It was hard, man. When you growing up, you know, Asian, um, you know, minority, which wasn't a wasn't a common thing, you know. I remember going to school and piece uh make fun of me for my haircut, make fun of for the clothes you wear, you know, the patent pants, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh going to the food bank, 
you know, collecting the big ass box of cereal and the big giant block of cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they used to make that. We, of course, we didn't know no better. Right. And those are the kind of stuff that we, I grew up with, you know, experiencing. Uh, it, you know, it made what's interesting is that it made um, me motivated, but it also made me, uh, how would I say it? When I was in elementary school, I, I got teased for wearing fake IZOT shirt and polo shirt. Cause you get them, you know, you can get them, you know, in Chinatown. Right. And, and inside what happened was I unconsciously made a decision to say, fuck you. I'll prove to you that um, I'm not, you know, stupid and poor. I'm going to go out there and make money. So internally, I accepted that in my mind when that happened as a young kid, we say, because of course I learned all this stuff. I got older in our mind. That's why I try to teach my kid when some, an event ever happened, I got to talk them through so they don't actually make their story and make it true. So I didn't know that I made the story that because when you're like in elementary school, you make up the story like I'm poor and I'm not worthy. Oh, I'm poor or I'm stupid. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. But let me ask you this, though. You have two kids, right? You have two boys. Yep. Now, the hardships that you went through and the internalized process of saying, you know, I'm going to do better. Fuck yep. you. I'm going to make more money. Yeah. But that's missing in your kids' generation today because they have what they need to not have to go through that. Do you think sure. it's better to have gone through what you went through or what your boys are going through right now, having basically anything they want? That's right. That's a good question. Even though I'm rich, my kid, they don't, they don't have to live in a ugly sh- piece of shit house that yeah. I grew up in. Um, my kid did have to ride in the back seat of my dad's two Nissan two and a second. They had to ride in a Bentley. But my kids don't get any more than that. I already told my kid when I grow up, I'm sorry, when I and my wife, Cammie, passed away, they're going to get a small percentage of my money and the rest of it will be donated into some good cause. So they're not going to get the fortune. I want to do what Warren Buffett does. I want to do what Bill Gates does. And I think if I leave my kid with beans and dollar when I pass away, I'm just going to unmotivate them, fuck them up, you know what I mean? And not train them now to be entrepreneur and go chase after their own dream versus sitting around waiting for mom and dad to give them the billion dollar empire. But you know, that doesn't right. Like when you look at them, you're like, you guys can't be as driven as I was. True. Right. You, it is. You, it is hard. It is hard. hard. Right? Like for example, like my kid, if they want expensive shoes, right. They have to go buy with their own money. I ain't buying it for them. Right. Now, I can tell you though, there's a lot of parents out there, American American parent, including Vietnamese. I got Vietnamese parents that live where I live, which is an expensive neighborhood. Their kids coming into school with expensive clothes, shoes, shirt, jacket. They, you know, they, they let their they let their kids drive their Porsches. My kids, listen, I tell them, I want you gotta learn and make your own money. I want you to learn how to save. If you don't have enough money to buy it, don't come looking at me because I ain't gonna help you. You gotta have. You gotta learn how to save. You can't be spending all your money. And when they get lacy money and they get birthday money, they can spend half of it. They put the rest away, right? And right now they own washing and dryer machine. They gotta go out there and they gotta service the machine. They gotta collect the money, and um, and um, and that's the money that they can to get to save. But I don't. I don't financially spoil my kid, but they do get to live the good life that I, I have around. But they don't get the all the other stuff to go along with it because I'm rich. Does that make sense? Yeah. But still, not coming up 100% like how I came and make you super hungry, there is definitely a balance, man, on mm. trying to drive my kids. And the good thing, my kids, they play sports. And I always use the analogy, look, as much money daddy have, I can't even buy you a seat on the baseball team. Right. You got to earn it. And later on, right, 
all that tough love I'm teaching you about money, you're gonna know how to earn your own money. Because when I pass away, you don't know how to make your own money, right? You're gonna be screwed. So they play sports, and for them, at least when they started, they had to work their way up to be the top five batter on the team. And it's a competitive baseball team to play on. And that's a great example of I tell them, I got all the money in the world. I can't even buy you a seat. You got to earn it. Your your family, when you first came to the United States, had eight kids or six kids? Um, six, your two six parents? Kids. Yeah. Six kids. Okay. Because I know there was eight of you that left Saigon, and I was yep. just doing the math. The way your mom and dad raised you, is it similar to the way that that you are raising your children in terms of not spoiling and all of that? Or were they not even conscious of it? They were just trying to make ends meet. Trying to make ends meet. But my mom and dad... They, they would never tell us we had to be doctors. They had to be lawyers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? And and they just let us, they just let us just take our own path. And I think that a lot of parents today, especially the Vietnamese Asian family, they try to form their kids and have their kid do what they want them to do because yeah. they never actually got the opportunity to fulfill their own dream of it. And I see a lot of Asian kids uh, when I speak to them, when I do public speaking, if I ask a hundred hand to raise and I ask them, keep your hand up if you're doing what you're doing today because you want to do, not your parents, literally 90% of the hand go back down. That's terrifying. Yeah, it is. Because, hey, you know, the pair come over here. Look, do you understand how much work I got? You know, get over here. I work my freaking ass off so I can provide you the best. So you don't have to suffer like me. And, you know, I try to get you to school. And, you know, you got to go out there, go get a good education, go get a good job. So you take. Are you doing it? Are you telling the kids that for themselves? Or are you doing it because you wanted to fulfill your own, you know, goals and dreams that you never fulfill? Right. And Living through them. I get it. You know what I mean? I get it. You know what I mean? But you got to let your own kid, man, find their own path. Now you have six, there's six of you. Yep. Did the other five make it across the finish line in a way that they're all proud of? And, you know, it's like kind of comparable to you or my did mom. you all not make it the same? It's interesting. My mom and dad, um, you know, never looked at none of us like we didn't make it. They didn't say, man, Tat is the one who came financially rich everybody else is just normal they didn't say he's better he they just like it's just normal when i was younger um so my oldest brother he's a pilot that's his passion he became a pilot he started with commercial and then he became a private pilot for a lot of the rich people in seattle he probably make probably 100 grand a year his wife make probably seventy thousand a year and they live in a very modest house in Seattle, probably worth seven hundred thousand. But he's happy. Yeah, he loves flying. Every time he's catching my brother, he's flying somewhere. And what's interesting is he's been at places where I haven't been at because he flew all the wealthy people, and they take him to their house. You know what I mean? Thirty, forty, hundred million dollar houses and estate and islands. My brother has seen a lot of stuff, right? That most people who are mean they don't see. So it's that. On the rest of my other brother. One of them is a you know Boeing. He worked for Boeing as an inspector for the seven eight seven. Another one is an investor, a, a realtor. So my sister's a nurse. So you know, but when 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 I was young, I used to always try to, I guess, force my brother and sister to do personal growth to help them try to mm -hmm. understand personal growth so they can make more money. And you know, they, all, they, they used to say, "They say this is what they used to say to me." Right. It Why? wasn't their it wasn't there. It wasn't the inspiration. And I realized as I got older and I got more spiritual in, enlightened, everybody got their own path. Why and so you, when I'm with my family and everything, I never I never talk about money. They know I got money, but like we're gonna go to Vietnam next December and I'm paying for everybody's trip. And I've been doing that for years, <laughs> but I never talk about, you know. You know, and, and I don't make being rich better than them. So we just like brother and sister. And then when we went, when we get ready to do family trips or something, I told them, look, you got paid for your hotel. I'll pay for everybody's airplane ticket, even your kid's airplane ticket to go to Vietnam next year. There's like 25 of us. Holy and you can shit. do the math and you can see how much it is for airplane ticket. Oh, that's crazy. Now, what, what do you think made you driven and not the other five as driven? 
You know, I think it's just, if I look back today, I think, you know, everybody has their own destiny. Everybody got their own cards, you know? And I think for me, when I was younger, um, my middle name was Ngao, meaning precious gem. Right? And when I was younger, my mom and the guy used to always label, right? Ngao was the, the precious diamond, the precious gem, right? And for years, for many, many years when I was younger, I always be the one my mom always rely on. Hey, uh, uh, can you do this for me? Hey, I need your help with this. And can you help me around? Can you go to the store with me? And I always been that person like, you know, supposed to help my, my parents. And then what happened when I got older, every thud, my mom and I, she asked me to coach lead that at people's business and people's house. And I just owned it. I own it like I'm 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 the I'm the one, you know, like the matrix, right? And from there, I just grew into just knowing I'm I'm the one. And so I think it it was probably part of destiny. You know, and and uh, look, my brother and sister, they all got the same exposure, came from the same mom yeah. and dad. And I was just destined. And I met a certain group of people and I got exposed and it was off to the race. How did you meet these people and how did you get started? I met one person, Mike Ferry. And then from there, Mike Ferry had brought a lot of great people around his seminar. I get to meet this person, this person. And then from there, it disconnected me. And at some point, um, I got connected to uh, a good friend of mine that he connected me to, Wayne Dyer. And then uh, we start to go to all of Wayne Dyer and then Deepak Chopra and Abraham. I mean, I met all these great people on my journey. And that's why I learned about spiritual. And to me, spiritual, you really get honest, finding spiritual is, is as good or better than financial money. Wow, that's a big statement. Yes, think about it. You had a million dollars and you're unhappy. So I think worthless. I think it's worthless. Worthless. Now, Wayne Dyer passed away a few years ago. Can you tell me a little bit about him? The first time we met Wayne Dyer was I was in a mastermind group with a bunch of my friends and we hired Wayne Dyer to come and speak to us. It was cool. It was a private room, only about 40, 50 of us. And Wayne Dyer, um, you know, spoke about manifesting and energy, right? Right. Change your, change your, change your thought, change your world, you know, and we got exposed to that kind of stuff. And, when I really start to understand it, I realize that our thoughts create things, right? Our thoughts create manifestation. So the question is, how often are we even conscious of our own thoughts, let alone what we say to people, let alone what we say to our own kids? Right. The thing about a Asian parents is unconsciously, I know it's come from love. They instill in their kids more fear than positivity. Yeah. yeah. That goes on. Especially, especially the successful parents. Yeah. Yeah, especially the successful parents, right? They really drill that shit in hard. My kids right now, I got to find the balance on, you know, giving them unconditional love, giving them space to do what they want to do, but also influence them to do the right thing. It's a balance. Yeah, it still blows me away how you tapped into this like Wayne Dyer, you know, Abraham Hicks, how you really focus. Cause I haven't met any Vietnamese person into those, you know, authors and I've read them and listened to them, you know, yeah. growing up all my life, but you know, it, it's not prevalent in our community to, yeah. to be reading these authors. It's not our, our people. It is coming from lack of, I came from nothing. And their main consciousness, I need to make money to stabilize the family. Yeah. And they will work 20, 30, 40 hours a day, sacrifice their relationship with their wife, their kids, their well-being to give that financial stability. But the, what they don't realize is they're leaving everybody else missing. Right. Now, I remember I used to know this girl named Linda Sunor. Her dad was, again, a less successful Vietnamese dad who had so much influence on, on Linda, as in, I want you to make sure you be a pharmacist, and be a pharmacist and be good. And, right? and she had the daughter so well-trained. I said, I got to obey my dad, whatever he say, even though I don't agree, I have to make sure I say yes, otherwise I feel like I'm going to get be disowned. 
that's how most Asian yeah. in all nationalities come up like that. And it's changing with our generation. It is. And that's why, that's why I think our generation, we have to take it to the next level. Yeah, we are. We definitely are. And I see that you are really engaged in your social media work. When did that start happening? When did you start to have that realization? Wait a minute, this is all part of this ecosystem. Man, you're one of the few. You're one of the few brother. Understand that. <laughs> um, two years ago, before social media came out, I remember when I was becoming more and more successful. I used to get asked to speak at a lot of real estate offices, especially being a minority, right, and becoming a millionaire at such a young age. I was asked to speak at a lot of real estate office, but a lot in Southern California. Mm. I used to fly down a lot because most of the office down there is owned by minorities. Vietnamese office and, you know, and Hispanic office, yeah. a lot of them in Southern California. And when I went there and I spoke to them, you know what I realized? They all see me as them. And it didn't matter if they were Hispanic and I'm Vietnamese. And so what happened when social media came out, one of my friends recorded me talking and all of a sudden, everybody was like, yo, that is so great to see you on social media. Thanks for the positivity. And then as the day go by, the week go by, the month go by, I realized my gift is the youth. Before, before this happened, I used to always watch Oprah Winfrey. And I just say, Oprah has a platform called Oprah Winfrey Show that she's inspiring and power be the people. And I used to always say, do what, God, please give me the platform so I can be like an Oprah Winfrey, my own message, my own platform, so I can inspire and empower beings of people myself. Because my, my vision is to inspire and empower beings of people to reach for the goals and dreams and see that anything is possible by me sharing my own life story and journey. And so when social media came out, I realized I've been gifted my platform. Wow. That's how, that's why, that's why, you know, my social media platform is different from everybody else. Because I drop a lot of, motivational yeah we're gonna say tip but more it's more if you listen to it it's more motivational more spiritual than it is real estate absolutely I, I got that right away i got that right away and to even to come to that realization to understand that that is such an important thing in what you do you know i i can see how the 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 dwayne you know uh wayne dyer and and all of these motivational materials seep into your brain eventually yeah you know i realized this is doing real estate and investing and making a lot of money is just the vehicle to where i gotta go but the 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 body the encompass this vehicle is this beingness this energy and that right there right is about inspiring power people did you get, were you raised Catholic or Buddhist? Catholic. So Catholic, I go to church, Catholic, my mom and dad for many, many years when I was oh, younger. And you still go? Uh, my mom, she's getting old now, so she doesn't go as much, so I used to take all the time. But when I got exposed to Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and Tony, and I've seen Abraham Hicks so many, many, many times live. And then I realized for me, I'm not choosing one or the other. I just got exposed to reading all spiritual enlightened teachers. Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know, going back to Abraham Hicks, that's a trippy story. It is. It's a trippy story because Abraham Hicks 
represents the whole universe, I guess. The it voices is. of the voices of everybody who's ever lived is coming right. through this speaker, yes, Abraham is. Hicks, through this woman named Esther, right? Right. And you know, for us Catholic boys that when we we're growing up, I mean, that's like you don't follow people like that. That's like the devil, you know. The devil. Exactly. You know, you and you and you just make sure you steer clear of that. So when I first heard of it, I was like, wow, that's pretty freaky freaky because the information coming out of Abraham Hicks is a voice yeah. of eternal anybody. anybody, eternal wisdom just coming out. <laughs> Do you feel like that's a gimmick coming from Esther, or that is a real thing that she's channeling? I, and I'm not knocking down the the potent the potency of the message because I think whatever wherever it's coming from, it's pretty badass coming out of uh, Esther uh, and and Abraham Hicks. I but I wonder, I always wonder, and I want to ask you today your opinion: Is it an act, a gimmick, and that she's just a really bright person and she was able to come up and develop the character? Well, first of all, I agree with you. If you really, really is conscious yeah and listen to the message it is powerful beyond measure that's why wayne dyer is a student oprah winfrey is a student deepak chopra dr gray right all of them are, are students of abraham the whole entire the secret came from that theory is all them right it's all of them they're all students of, of abraham when i when i first went saw abraham in real life at an event 10, 15 years ago. And I seen that she go into an unconscious meditation state. Wow. And then you see all of a sudden the different energy, different being, different voice, different, whole different energy come out of the body. You know, it ain't the same as Esther. Man, I'm getting Esther response. has own energy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, what really brought it home for me was this. My aunt, her name is uh, uh, um, Golang, and Golang lived next door to my mom and dad. And of course, they're like relative with my mom and dad for many years in Vietnam. And, and Golang, when I was younger, she had the ability to do she had the ability to do what Esther Hicks does. And I remember the first time I seen it was at my house, my mom's house, when I was living there. And somehow, I can't remember what happened, but. Go Lang would just and within second, see the whole body pop up and a whole voice will come through Golang's voice, body coming through. And she started talking to us. And we sit there, my mom and dad all was asking, you know, tight. That's what my mom said, tight. Right? What do you think about this? And what this and that? And I remember one time, man. My dad was my dad was he loved to drink Vietnamese people, right? They love drinking Hennessy. That's the whole thing, right? And Coors. And she told my dad, she looked at my dad, she says, My, if you don't stop drinking, you're gonna die. Right? And it was in a whole serious voice. And my dad was like, oh, whatever, whatever. And seriously, Golang's body leaped up out of the chair over the table, grabbed the bear and threw it across the room. Scared the shit out of me, man, and my mom and them. And you know, it's a trip. And not two, not a couple of years later, my dad died from liver cancer. Oh, shit. Right? So, I know there's a lot of people out there that can do what I call um, uh, transmitting. And I think all of us, at some form, we can transmit. I might not go to sleep like Abraham or Golang, but I am transmitting energy from the top. While I'm like in a relaxed state, I can hear messages. Wow. Right? And it meaning not a voice, but just intuition. That makes sense? Yeah. Turn right. And we all have that, what Abraham says. So that's why I believe it's real. Man, I come for, you know, a lot of us come for the real estate, but we stay for this, you know, spiritual Man, talk. Cause I, lo I love this kind of stuff, bro. Yeah, I, I see it. I see it on your your Instagram and I'm like, holy shit. This is because, you know, I've been following this whole Abraham Hicks thing for a good 10 years, too. But I never saw Esther live or I never saw that performance. And I always wondered, like, is this some sh sort of show that she puts on? You know, she's just uh, she's. Real. 
real. real. I see it, 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 it. I see Jared Esther at least 10 years now. They're, they're still alive. Both of them are still alive. Uh, 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 Jerry passed away. Esther is still alive. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that the whole, the lot of the people that we talk to in, in life don't know about what goes on with Abraham Hicks. Like The very few people know about it. And I was like blown away because my boy uh, a few weeks ago said, you got to check out Tat Wing, you know, and I was like, oh, I know of him. I know he's in the real estate game. And then I started to scroll and learn about what. And I was like literally telling somebody about Abraham Hicks the day before. And I was like, well, this is a sign here. Here it is right here. Yeah. You know, you have to um, you have to be ready to attract the message to see the teacher. Most people are living in fear base, trying to survive, let alone attract personal growth. Did, did you ever when, when you talk, I hear different languages come out like um, NLP neuro-linguistic yes. programming I hear coming out of you. I hear, you know, the idea of joy, the idea of, because NLP is based off a lot of this idea of speaking. Your, your, right. Speaking reality into existence and, and, and manifesting all this stuff. And then I hear landmark, you know, yeah. landmark education. And all hear, of it. So you've done, you've done these programs and all of it. I done landmark form, landmark advanced, landmark mm -hmm. curriculum, SLP, Right. Money, relationship, you named it. I done it. NLP. I took all the NLP classes. That's why I'm very diverse in all this exposure. That's why today making money is just a byproduct of who I'm being today. But I'm not about just making money. I'm about a joyful, happy, at peace, aligned millionaire. And that's different. Very different. Very, very different. few people have that. Yeah. And, and, you know, the languages that you just talked about are real languages because you could hear it sometimes in like President Obama's talk yep. you know, with the with the use of possibilities. Yes. You hear it all the time. Have you gone through the forum or have you gone through the advanced course and all of these courses? You hear you hear it in the languages of leaders, of yes. corporate leaders, of C-suite people. You hear it like all of Panda Express. It's all mandatory to go through Landmark. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. And it yeah. makes sense. All of this stuff is, you know, propelling us to step out of like the old forms of religion yes. and into a new way of being, yes. which is actually pretty ancient, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, beingness has been around forever. <laughs> <laughs> right? But of course, human being has been, you know, fight or, you know, fight or flight all their life. And when you talk to Vietnamese people about all this stuff, like in your world, how do they react to all this language? The young people love it. Who mm. I inspire are the new generation. They all love it. Yeah. Right? They all love it. I mean, I, 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 I get asked to speak to a lot of, again, Asian community. Like my mentorship program, I have two or 3,000 students in this program. 70% are minorities. Vietnamese, Chinese, Hispanic, right? You name it, all across. And I realize again, I'm teaching the minority how to see what they want, speak it into existence, take action until it manifests. And all of this stuff takes, I would say, highly technical ways of thinking about manifesting. It's of not course. that you just don't do it on accident. You just don't like sit and do this. this stuff has to be, you have to take classes to kind of really understand the nuts and bolts of the technical side of this manifestation. It's not just woo woo. It's uh -huh. not just some like loose woo woo here we're talking about. Right. You know, to me, what I think about manifesting is when people are meditating, all they're doing is learn how to practice quiet their mind so they can actually be just present. When you play baseball, for example, if you're present, you can see the ball coming very slow. Mm -hmm. When you're present, when you play tennis, you can see the ball coming across at a hundred miles serve, and you can see it bounce in slow motion. See, that's being present. So the problem, most people are so in reaction every day that they see a, even a 20 miles an hour ball coming in at lightning speed. So this is one of the things I, I teach people about real estate, but in my, in my teaching, I teach people how to be, how to be first.
Yeah. Right? Um, because, you know, the creation process, be, do, have. It's the be coming for the doing. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, so my inspiration today is beyond being Vietnamese, is I want to teach a lot of minorities what I haven't been exposed to. You know, going back to the social media game, when you got into it a few years ago, you know, we come from an older generation and understanding, you know, Instagram or Facebook or Snap or TikTok. How did you get comfortable? I mean, did you have to hire a team or did you do it yourself? Well, my one of my young friends, his name is Lorenz, he worked with me today. He's a young guy and he's the guy who said, hey, let me intern with you for like two or three months. You teach me real estate. Let me let me run your social media for you. Wow. Yeah. And that's how it started. And then as he understands social media, he understands trend, he understands editing, he understands trending music, right? And he understands social media platform, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, right? He understands all that. And all I had to do was just speak what I want as a message. And the more I spoke about it, the more edit, and the more I see in the video, the more I see how we can do it better. Next time, we're going to say this, do this, so that people can catch it. That's why most of my video, you notice, are very condensed, short, very tight. to the to the thing. They're very tight, and and that that has to do with the evolution of understanding the messaging. That's right, and the platform, right? And I tell you, the biggest thing with Asian why they don't like doing social media because we were brought up not to brag. That's what I'm saying. It's and and for your generation, our generation. To have somebody really talk about and write to, you know, I talk about this with other content creators. We have a hard problem talking into the camera and doing what you do, which is giving a, a direct message to the people out there and being comfortable and confident with that. Asian men don't have that typically. A lot of white kids, they have it all over the internet, but you see, it's rare that you see even an Asian man, but an Asian man your age. Right. And yeah, exactly. 52 years old on TikTok. Come on, let's get yeah. real. Nobody do that shit, right? Yeah. Uh, and let alone talk about success. Talk about, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, the wins. Talk about the losses. Talking about the money. You know, money, politics, and sex. That shit, you know what I mean? Create massive controversial, right? Yeah. Yep. Especially money in the Asian culture. Don't tell them what you're doing. Keep it low key, right? We want to be humble. Well, if you keep that mindset, you're not doing any justice to nobody, right? Nelson Mandela says, when we let, when Nelson Mandela, right, a speech says, when we let our own light shine, we, we liberate others to shine also. And that's hard to think about. It's hard to execute. I mean, right. really hard, really hard to execute, you know, uh, these sort of ideas because it's not ingrained in our culture. Yeah, you're right. That's why I always say we have to lead by example, even for our own kids. If you don't allow your light to shine, then you're not going to allow your kids' light to shine. shine. See, that's the problem with the old culture, the old mindset. See, that's the yeah. biggest problem. That's why new generation like us, we got to be okay with letting our light shine, especially if you don't let your own light shine, how would you ever be truly fulfilled? It's the light that actually gives us feeling fulfilled spiritually inside. Because we know we're living to our fullest potential. Yeah. Not captivating it, holding it in. How much hours a day do you devote to sort of like the guided meditation, the reading, all the personal development stuff versus like really working, you know, doing deals? Um, I physically sit and I meditate for about 15 minutes, probably five days a week. But meditation also doesn't mean sitting. Meditation, you just go for a walk and think and ponder. It's the same thing. Sometimes I don't feel like working. I go walking down by the water where I live. Just pondering, just thinking, reflecting. That's meditating. Oh. Yeah. So you only spend 15, 20 minutes a day on the mental work. Yeah. And of course, now I'm always exposed and reading and yeah. seeing quotes, this and that. But if you spend 10, 15 minutes, all you need that much to just to reset the button to get you from conscious, I mean, unconscious to conscious. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because here's the thing. 
When you are aware, you have option. When you have option, you have power. And what about the the, the physical, like the gym and all of that stuff? It, it seems like a big part of your life too, an equally Good. big part. I work out five days a week. I have a personal trainer. I'm 52 years old. I go there, I work out like I used to work out when I was younger. Of course, I can't bench press, you know, 250, 275. But today, what's more important to me is energy, flexibility, tone, strong, fit. I mean, I still can box jump straight up. You probably see on Instagram, I still box jump probably 45 inches. Wow. So I don't I don't let the age tell me that, you know, this and that. But um, I'm still very flexible. I mean, again, I can still bench press well. But for me now, at 52, I'm not trying to deadlift or, you know, squat 300 pounds. That's not important to me. But I want to just be strong, lean, have full of energy, and just be flexible so I don't get hurt when I get older. You know, this idea of re reciprocity and philanthropy that you, you bring up quite a bit, that's also something that the Asian cultures, we don't really emphasize much about. Yeah. Where do you, where did you get that? And what is your whole idea behind it? This yeah, idea of reciprocity. First of all, my mom is the, is the generous person in the house. Hmm. I give my mom money to send to Vietnam. She sent the whole damn money back to Vietnam. <laughs> I gave you $10,000. Where's the rest of the money I gave you? I sent it all away. What the hell, mom? Something else for you. What are you doing? Right? Wow. She's been like that for a long time. And so what happened was it, it, you know, again, letting your own light shine. She was a light for contribution. And I learned that when I was young, but I really learned it when my dad would die from cancer. At the eulogy, at his funeral, some of his old friend, especially the, um, uh, uh, the people that came from Vietnam with him when they met him over here, that they live here now, they said that how much my dad was a such a huge contributor in Vietnam to help the people. And uh, and then when he come over here, so many of his friends who are the person who just got welfare, right? When they get here, they spoke about it. And I realized my dad wasn't a person that made a lot of money. He was a social worker. And um, I was blessed when I made money. I gave my dad a lot of things that he always wanted. He couldn't afford like a Mercedes Benz, right? Yeah. And so when my dad passed away, I realized that, um, oh, and then I asked Golang when Tai was in her, right? Why my dad passed away? Because I remember the day my dad passed away, I was at his bedside, right? And I asked Tai when they came to Golang, why my dad, why you take my dad so early, right? He's only 67 years old. And then the Tai said, your dad is getting old and he's not going to be able to do a lot more work with the torch. He's leaving now so he can give you the torch. So you can do more of his work. So when that happened, I owned it. And so today, I send money back to my mom in Vietnam. She's going next week. And they go back, they remodel churches in Vietnam, and they plaque it with my dad's name. In Seattle, I build houses, community houses, and I plaque the community uh, Young's house. I do a lot of work on that. And um, I do a lot of work to uh, help poor people. Um, I, if you probably seen on social media, I um, I work with the Seattle Sounders, the, the, right? And I'm helping them build 26 soccer fields around the Seattle area for low-income kids. Um, and it's, it's part of a campaign before the World Cup get to Seattle here on 2026. They have a campaign called 26 by 26. And um, I made a commitment, I'm gonna help build it, right? And um, I just bought this house recently for 700,000. And I, it cost me about 175,000 to rehab it. But what happened was I went to sell my vendor and I asked them, would you help give me a discount on the cabinets and this and that? And what's crazy, Ken, was I went to the my my bank and the, I told the bank what I'm doing. The bank says, I asked the bank, would you give me a discount on the fees and the loan? and I charge so much for charity. I'm going to flip this. I'm going to give all the money to charity. And the bank says, for the kids, 
I'm going to do it better for you. I'm going to donate you all the money to buy the house and all the money to rehab it for free. Shit. And then after that, I was so inspired. I went to all my vendors I do business with. And I said, hey, would you give me a discount on the cabinets? And the cabinet people said, for the kids and what you do in, in the community, I'm all in. I donate all the cabinets for you for free. So from the list went on, everything, cabinets, lighting, flooring, tile, uh, 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 heating, fence, landscaping, the whole entire house was all donated for free. And I'm about to put the house on the market today. And when this house sale, I'm probably going to make $200,000, $300,000 in profit. I'm going to donate the whole entire check to the to uh, building the outdoor soccer field for the Seattle Sounder with them because I partnered with them now. That's, that, that's what I'm doing in real time right now. It's amazing. Amazing. And the fact that you listen to Tai through Colang is something that I want to bring up. JP Morgan, I think, said in the 40s, maybe, the you know, JP Morgan, the founder of you know the, the finance company, said millionaires don't listen to Tai. You know what the equivalent of, of Vietnamese we say Tai or the 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 people who are talking from the other side of the world, right? Which is the dead or universe. The universe. He said, JP Morgan said, the millionaires don't listen, but all billionaires have their tie. Wow. Crazy, right? This is JP Morgan saying some shit in the 40s about wow. that. Wow. That's inspiring. That's some crazy shit. Yeah, I've been hearing this recently. And I'm I'm just blown away because maybe the the millionaires are just doing things and they're just kind of like doing things that they feel is right. But then when you get to the billionaire level, it's like, wait, we do things that feels right inside, but we're also getting information from another place. Yeah. And you know what's this trip? Higher power dua, Thai Buddha, whatever somebody want to call it. Yeah. It's always sending us message. Either we're listening or we're not. Either, even, either we're making it easy to flow down the river or we don't listen and we resist and roll up the river in life. Yeah. Hey, you know what Taino guy says? Your choice. <laughs> <laughs> How you, you sound like you've had mentors coming up, right? A lot. A lot. How wow. did you find your mentors? Yeah. Um, from friend through friends, and then later on from attraction through attraction. Right? Wow. Because the same mentor is always attracting a certain people. I might be speaking on stage and then somebody in the crowd is a mentor and they go, man, I like this guy. And we connect. And he being someone I've been looking for. And I happen to be someone that they like to connect with. And then that's how I just meet all the right mentor that's for me. How do you know if you found the right mentor? When I find them, they say certain things and I go, wow. Look, me and you attracted each other. Everything yep. you're saying is exactly what you and I both are on the same wavelength. So the fact that we're talking and I know we are we are cement, we are meant to connect today. Yeah. I, again, you know, my boy, he was like, you should check out Tats, you know, IG. And then I looked and then the first or the third post down was Abraham Hicks. And I'm like, there's no way. There is no way a guy who's older than me, you're 52, I'm 47, five years older than me, is talking about Abraham Hicks as a Vietnamese man yeah. somewhere out in the Northwest, you know, Pacific Northwest. There's no way that he's talking about Abraham Hicks because that's like more like a you know, L.A. vibe where, you know, you're wearing hippie clothes and you're down here and, you know, right. talking about Abraham Hicks. But I was like, whoa, this is like a money guy talking about Abraham Hicks. It's a right. Yeah, that's rare to have a Vietnamese guy, 52, who is a money guy, right? Interested, inspired, listening to spiritual work. Yeah, very rare. Like opposite. Almost, you know, you don't, you don't, you really don't see it. I mean, I don't, and I've been doing this for a few years. I don't, I don't, I can't recall. Now, you know, members of the artist community, obviously we, we were into that kind of stuff, you know, right. um, creatives, people who are writing movies and stuff like that. 
you know, musicians were those kinds of kinds of people, but it's right. rare to, to find finance and real estate people into that stuff. Listen, I've been around for a long time and I've been a lot of people in the world of business and you're right. It's more finance driven, greed, power versus happiness, alignment, joy, joy. Yeah. Joy. Yeah. It's really about joy. Yeah. What's At the your, end of the day, that's what it is. Yeah. What's your end game? Um, inspire and empower people. Financially, I'm already set. Yeah. Right? I'm just an instrument now to be used to the fullest, to inspire my kids, my viewers, my followers, my friends, to, you know, see that anything is possible. And blend being this and doing this money. I tell people, you can have money and feel humble. Right. Fine and joy. You don't have to choose one or the other. That's how I'm packaged. I want to make that available for everybody. Okay. I'm a rare package. Right. And I want more people to have this package. And I didn't show up born like this. Yeah. I got exposed to it. So I want to expose myself to as many people as possible and make it available for them. Well, thank you for the work that you do. You know, it's really inspiring. Do you ever go to Vietnam? I mean, you ever do you go to Vietnam to do business? I, I haven't, man. I haven't. Why? Um, um the calling's not there yet, I guess. Mm. So it's I mean, a, when a the, when the call and come. Yeah. yeah. When the calling come, you know what I mean? We see, right? Yeah. But have you been approached by people in Vietnam? I got approached by one person. He's here and he lived in the US. He went back to Vietnam recently. He was asked to be one of the person, you know, to go back and check out the, you know, the Vietnamese electric car, you know. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, Tab, we got a group of people going back to Vietnam. We're checking out the, the you know, car. You know, this is like last year. And it wasn't the right timing for me, you know. But um, but not someone in Vietnam that approached me. But um, I think, you know, I'm always I'm always open to hear things and receive things. And I think when the timing is right, right, it, it would just show up. Right. And I agree. And do you go back to Vietnam quite often? Um, I used to go back every other year. But with COVID, it messed it up. Yeah. So I'm sending my mom. She want to go back for third, uh, February. She's going next week. She's going to go back there for a month. But this year, um, my brother and sister, they all couldn't make, they, they're not going to be able to go this December. We talked about it. So next December, December 24th, I already told them the other day already that, hey, everybody block out the last two weeks. Let's make it happen. Grandma mm -hmm. like 100 years old. Look, I'm going to tell you guys right now, you all want to go. I'll buy everybody airplane tickets and everything. You guys just pay your own hotel. Hotel is cheap in Vietnam. Yeah. Right? Airplane tickets like $2,000, right? Yep. I said, look, I'll buy everybody airplane tickets and then you got to get your hotel and then we're good. Let's go. And all my brothers are like, okay, you buy them, I'm going. You know, I uh, prepared all these real estate questions for you, like the market downturn, all this bullshit. We didn't even get to it. Hey, hey, we can do that on, on part two next time. I'm down. I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do part two soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for today. I want to let's get back into part two. We'll do the real estate. This this was much more important than the real estate stuff. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't need no script for this. I just speak from the heart. I speak from life experience. And this is why stuff like this, you know, is always, uh, uh, um, you know, um, inspiring me because to me, this is real wealth. Right. And this is what gets you to the real fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. This work here is. I mean, for anybody, you know, now I'm realizing it's real estate or film or music. If you can tap into, God, the word personal development sounds so cheesy, but that's what it really is. Yeah. yeah. And if you can tap into this whole world of, um, it's almost like a quantum Leaking place. Quantum physics. Quantum physics where yeah. you there's things happening where we can't, we just can't see it, but we're measuring it. Yeah. If you can take what you're doing in business, take this, what we talk about, oh, and lay it over like this. Instead of making 1x, you could make 10x in life. Well, Todd, thank you so much for today. Uh, you know, we'll, we will continue this conversation with the part two, talk about the real estate game and your thoughts on it and uh, your development on it. All right. Important. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Vietnamese with Kenneth Nguyen. The Vietnamese is produced by Brittany Tran. Special thanks to Jane Wynn, Catherine Wynn, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Christo Trin. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, like, and comment. Please rate and give us a review wherever you find our podcast.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 